was expecting you. Today, tomorrow, yesterday, it was only a matter of time. Welcome to John Adams High, where you are gonna die, that's right. Hey, little bro, life's tough, get a helmet. They just shot the neighbor! The banger! Well, Sean, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but you're kind of a babe. The Secret of Life by Plays with Squirrels. Underpants. Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! I love the Feeney call. Hey everybody, welcome to our penultimate episode of the first season of the Feeney Podcast. We're here talking about Boy Meets World. It's me, your boy, Josh, with me, your girl, JQ. What up? <laughs> I am so mad that you got to use the word penultimate before I could and you got to sound smart. <laughs> uh, that's a good word. It is a good word. Yeah. I'm good though. Other other than that. We got ourselves a Boy Meets Girl episode of Boy Meets World, a very memorable and uh, important episode in the life and history of Corey Matthews. Yes, this is a this is a big one, a historical moment. So I'm ready to dive into this one. Uh, as we mentioned, this is the second to last episode. Only one more after this. We really see a cut down on the number of like other characters in these last two episodes. They are really starting to hone in on on Sean, on Corey. Topanga's getting more lines in all of these. So it's starting to come together. Yes, the show is starting to find its niche and like figure out what works and where they need to focus for it to be successful. And spoiler alert, it's not on Alan's assistant grocery store manager, Leonard Spinelli. And it's not on Minkus because uh, this, these will be his last two episodes be, until high school graduation. So yep. soak in all the Minkus you can. Two quick notes about this episode, both uh, having to do with the Girl Meets World spinoff show later on. They actually, there's an episode called Girl Meets Corey and Topanga in which the two main kids from that show, their daughter and her friend, are digitally inserted into footage from this episode when Corey and Topanga have their first date. I read about that, and I um, momentarily considered queuing up trying to find that episode on because Girl Meets the World is also on Disney+. Plus. Momentarily contemplated trying to queue that up and watching it and seeing it, but I, I didn't get around to doing it before this episode but i i might have a look at it before we record next week's episode yeah i saw it briefly as well but i didn't i also didn't look at that clip um and then the other note is there's another episode of that show girl meets boy which is basically this episode only set 20 years later wow so they they take the same similar plot points of like their daughter like going through puberty and having her first date so you know nice little tie-in back to this show Wow. Are we ready? Are we ready to kick it off then and recap this one? Let's do it. Those are my only notes, so hit me. The episode is entitled Boy Meets Girl, uh, Season 1, Episode 21, aired May 6th, 1994, directed by David Trainer. We'll get our TV Guide synopsis here. A film about the human body leads to a first date for Sean. Corey has a Mother's Day dilemma. Uh, terrible synopsis as usual. I don't think mine's going to be much better though. Mine is Sean and Corey get dating advice from Minkus. 
Corey gets jealous when Sean starts showing interest in girls and asks Topanga out on a revenge date. Ooh. This doesn't seem like the right time to bring up the TV show Revenge, but I'm just going to just going to say that's a fantastic show. It is not the right time, but I did notice that it is streaming on some platform. I can't remember which one. And I briefly considered starting it from the beginning. So oh. I might I might still do that. <laughs> no, your synopsis is way better. Thank you for that. This is the Mother's Day episode. I was just thinking too, it's sad that these shows don't really run over the summer because you never get a 4th of July episode. You never get like a Father's Day episode. It's it's sad that those uh, holidays are underrepresented in television sitcoms. Yeah, not to mention just like summer break. I guess having kids in the classroom provides a lot of structure for like stuff to happen. Like it gives a framework, but you know, you never get them just with like no school and except for like the OC where school basically didn't exist, but you know, I digress. That's true. No, that's a good point. All right. So we start off and we've got the old school projector reel going and you can hear the the clicking noises as we hear about the Morse code of getting your puberty telegram, kind of a weird old school movie to set this up. Oh yeah. They have one of those like old fashioned film reels rolling and there's like these terrible voiceovers like you'll get your telegram of puberty. And Corey of course is just sitting there heckling the film and Mr. Feeney's trying to get everyone to pay attention and Corey and Sean are just totally ignoring him. As per usual, Sean, I'm hoping that this episode is like Sean's growing up moment and that he stops making fart noises with his armpit because this is the second time it's happened and I I, I hate it. Yeah, it was bad. It was really bad both times. I wish he would stop. I would bet money that this is the last time that's going to happen. I think I think that's right, especially since he's so grown up at the end of this episode. <laughs> uh, Corey makes a sick burn saying that this movie is so old that the telegram boy was played by George Burns that got a hearty laugh from Arthur and, <laughs> you know <laughs> George Burns famed stage radio TV and movie actor born in 1896 <laughs> so that gives you an idea of the, the joke Corey was going for yeah that's a that's a smart joke for a little kid to be making at that time yeah it is so Corey is is basically, you know, saying that this movie is crap and that he's not going to grow up. He's going to be Peter Pan and he's going to stay young until he's 42. Like what uses girls, all of this. And, and he's he's not really getting it. It's clear that he's not connecting with this movie. Well, they're like doing close ups of the girls faces as they're watching the movie in class. And the girls are like smiling and warmly watching this movie like, oh, this is so great. And the boys are all looking terrified and disgusted. So I think they're trying to play up the like girls maturing faster than boys thing here. Yeah, definitely. Which is definitely true. And we then see Sean. And this is where Sean's going to have his magic moment because he flings his pencil and he turns to go pick it up. And the girl that's sitting kind of next to him behind him also picks it up. And I, I think they're like hands momentarily touch and that sets Sean off. Yeah, they're like staring at each other. Did you recognize this girl from the other episode? Yeah, same same girl. This is her uh, 
only other appearance and uh and then she's gone yeah so in a previous episode i think it was the one where topanga had a crush on eric and Corey thought that topanga liked him at the end of the episode this girl walks up and is like i'm new here can someone show me the principal's office and sean is like oh i'll show you i go there all the time and he like runs after this girl after he just said that like i'm never gonna like girls so they're sort of like still making the same joke of like we don't like girls and then as soon as he like sees a girl he's like yes i do just kidding so it was her the, yeah they their hands brush and he is instantly smitten he is this is hillary and hillary is played by brienne o'donnell and this is literally the only thing listed on her imdb page yep child acting life wasn't for her not for her. This is this is her big break. She's got one big line a little bit later, and uh, that's pretty much it. So, like you said, Sean's smitten here, and he's now ready to to figure out how to go on a date with her. Yeah, he, and he asks Corey later in the cafeteria, "How do you get a girl to go out with you?" And Corey says, "Open the door and tell her to get out." Har har har. Yeah, good good one, Corey. Minkus is eavesdropping on the boys and comes over, and he's like ask a girl out you say all you need is to figure out how girls think and you can do that if you read perky magazine this is the roadmap to their souls um minkus refers to himself as a seasoned veteran mm. when it comes to sure. girls so i don't know if that's accurate like maybe minkus is cleaning up at science camp or whatever he does but yeah he tells them that they need to read perky magazine for research and it'll tell them everything they need to know about mysterious girls. And I'm going to just mention Perky Magazine is not a real magazine. And I implore you not to Google it. <laughs> I tried. It didn't end well. Yeah, Don't do I, it. I thought this was a little bit of a risky name for a magazine in the show when I first heard it. But I had enough sense to recognize it was fake and not to Google it. I literally didn't even occur to me until after the die had been cast and I had typed it into Google and was like, uh-oh, <laughs> I shouldn't have searched for Perky Maxine. Yeah, I'm also wondering why Minkus has this treasure trove of Perky's and whether he's like going to the grocery store and buying them himself or, or hopefully he's just got a sister he's taking them from. Yeah, maybe he has an older sister and he takes her Perky's when she's done with them so he can do research, but... He is really uh, positioning himself as quite the Casanova here. Yeah, and Sean's got no one else to really get information from. So even though Corey's not understanding really what's going on, Sean pretends like he's not interested and then kind of folds it up and puts it in his back pocket to borrow it to, to read up. Well, yeah, like Minkus is even kind of giving Corey a hard time. He's like, oh, Sean, your little friend here hasn't gotten his pubescent telegram yet. Uh-huh. So uh, it's gross and weird, but poor Corey's sort of the odd man out. He's the only one who hasn't uh, found interesting girls yet. Right. Yep. And here we get Brienne O'Donnell's most famous line in all of her acting career. <laughs> she wanders on over to Sean and in a very aggressive and forward manner, asks him out. And we get a really funny reaction from Sean here. I wouldn't say it's aggressive. I think it is confident. Mm -hmm. Let's frame it that way. Sure, but 
She comes up very confidently and says, Sean, do you want to go to the movies with me after school? And he just starts giggling and doesn't really answer, but he's like shaking his head yes. And she's like, great, we can meet at my locker after school and my mom will drop us off at the mall. See you later, Terminator. (laughs) Yeah, that line made me very uncomfortable. Yeah, it was not great, but... (laughs) <laughs> Arthur, I was watching with Arthur and he was like, ooh, Terminator, wow. Like, So I was like, so that line definitely would have worked on you in sixth grade, huh? <laughs> That's funny. So Sean's got himself a date with Hillary and he is still just giggling and really just can't, Corey's like trying to ask him what's going on and Sean's like, I can't talk about this. I can giggle and I can laugh, but I can't, can't talk about this. What he really means is I can't talk about this with you, Corey, because you don't really understand because we cut to the bedroom where Sean is now recapping his date to Eric. Yeah, and uh, he went to the movies with Hillary and he's giving Eric the lowdown and Eric's asking a bunch of questions. Um, so this led me to a, a little digression here. Uh, I like I tried to speculate what movie Sean and Hillary might be going to see in oh. May of 1994 in the movie theater. Unwittingly, I stumbled into the knowledge that 1994 was an amazing year for movies. Mm-hmm. So movies that Sean and Heather may have been going to see at this time, Three Ninjas Kick Back, <laughs> The Crow, which is rated R, but Sean says they snuck into the movie. I really hope they didn't go see The Crow. <laughs> they could have gone to see any movie. Or my personal favorite and what I hope they were watching, D2 Mighty Ducks. And just when you think they're about to break apart... Ducks fly together. And when the wind blows hard and the sky is black. Ducks fly together. And when the roosters are crowing and the cows are spinning circles in the pasture. Okay. Ducks fly together. Oh, yeah. I hope that's not what they went to see because, you know, Sean says here that they didn't actually watch the movie, which sets up like, a funny like oh were you guys like making out the whole time but he he reveals that they were and they just were throwing candy at people's heads so i'm i'm hoping that if it was d2 it would have enthralled them enough to actually watch yeah don't disrespect d2 in theaters Corey and eric's faces when he was like we didn't watch the movie and they think that they were like making out are so great like both of their faces staring at sean are so so funny but would, would you like to hear some other amazing number one box office movies that were released in 1994? Yeah, I think it was Forrest Gump 94. It was, which is uh, a terrible movie, but I, I put it on my list anyway. Unpopular opinion. I know. I don't like it. Speed. Uh-huh. One of my personal favorites. Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Sure. The Lion King. Yeah. Star Trek Generations. Okay. <laughs> it's good. Trust me. Uh, the Flintstones. That movie. The Ma- oh, God. What? With John Goodman That's- and Halle yeah, it's Berry. So- <laughs> it's so good. That was a number one box office hit this year. Wow. In 1994. Uh, the Mask with Jim Carrey. Smoking. <laughs> exactly. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Uh, and I, sa- I saved the best for last. Dumb and Dumber and... The Santa Claus. Oh, wow. That is a big year. It's just a dream. Stuff like that doesn't happen. It was a dream. Come on. I don't even wear pajamas. Normally, I sleep naked. Fuck naked. Ah. Morning, Mrs. McGoin. Mary Catherine. Hi, Mary Catherine. 
That's what I'm saying. Wow. Did Jim Carrey did Dumb and Dumber and The Mask in the same year? Wow. I didn't even catch that, but yeah. That's a good year. That's a big year for him. And um, and he also did Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Oh, shit. Yeah, you mentioned all three of those. Oh, my God. That's a huge year for Jim Carrey. Uh, well, good deep dive there into the 1994 movie landscape. If there's one thing I love, it's 90s movies. And in yeah. fact, I watched Speed. This is what Arthur and I did on Saturday night is watch Speed. So Arizona Wildcats. Yeah, that's a good one. This That's a great example of the sequel just completely shitting the bed. Yeah, I just don't like to acknowledge that it even exists. But anyway. Yeah. So Sean is running through his date with Eric and Eric totally burns Corey by saying, uh, Corey, don't bother us. We're talking about guy stuff. And Corey is very uh, affronted at this comment. And he's like, uh, basketball is guy stuff. And they're both just sort of like laughing at him. So I'm, I'm feeling a little bit bad for Corey here. Sean is kind of going through the details and Eric's treating him like a brother almost in this scene. So it, it must be hard for Corey to see them like have this bond that he just can't be a part of. Well, yeah, it's like a Sean is totally like looking up to Eric and you know, Corey probably already thinks that like Eric is way cooler than he is. And then they're talking about something and he's being totally excluded from the conversation. So I can imagine this not feeling very nice. Yeah. Luckily, Morgan comes in to interrupt the moment and sets up the whole Mother's Day part of this plot, which is the fact that Mother's Day is coming up and that she needs a present and Corey needs a present. And uh, as the resident chaperone and chauffeur, Eric needs to drive uh, Morgan to the mall. She calls him mall boy, which is pretty funny. And uh, yeah. they, they, they leave out to go get some presents. Yeah, I wouldn't even call the Mother's Day thing a side plot. It's just like a lame thing that is referenced twice in the episode and doesn't actually have any bearing on the plot at all. Yeah, fair enough. But it gets Eric out of the room. It gets Eric out of the room here, and then it gives a talking point for Corey and Topanga a little bit later on. So uh, nothing has really changed the next day, or at least that's what Sean wants Corey to believe. But as soon as they hit the cafeteria... And they go to sit down. Sean says that he's going to go sit with Hillary instead and completely blows off Corey. So now Corey is straight up jealous and he will exact his revenge on Sean by also going out on a date because that'll show him. Yeah, there's no no better way to show a girl that you're into her than set her up for a revenge date. Yeah. So who does Corey go to for advice in this situation none other than your old ladies man minkus the man with the perkies the man with the perkies uh and he says minkus what do i have to do to get a girl to go out with me and minkus replies for me almost nothing <laughs> for you it's going to take some work and Corey says and you wonder why you sit alone at lunch minkus is being very overconfident in this topic i would say yeah, I would also agree with that. He's got his stack of magazines and he starts to go into the things that girls want from guys. And Corey's like, loose change? And that was on the list. It was number nine. Uh, <laughs> not one of the top two, though. The top one is shared interest and number two is sense of humor. I will give Minkus some creds here. 
although he is being grossly overconfident and God knows where this confidence is coming from, uh, he does give Corey some good advice, I'd say. Like, you know, talk to girls about stuff that they like, show interest in what they want to talk about. And I think that's just basically good advice for like interacting with other human beings in general. So it's not, it's not terrible. And then Corey's like, okay, well, who do I ask out? And Minkus says, you know, think of someone you could share a meal with, someone that you feel comfortable with. And Corey's like, well, my mom's already taken. (laughs) (laughs) And Minkus is just like, you know what, Corey, just Ask the first girl you see. Just ask anyone. Ask the first first thing in a dress. Well, that's sexist, but okay. Well, that's what he says. And he passes like two or three girls who are not wearing dresses because Corey's literally now walking through the cafeteria with his head down, looking at people's legs to see what they're wearing. And he passes <laughs> like a girl wearing jeans and a girl wearing something else. And then finally comes to somebody wearing a dress and looks up, and guess who it is? Topanga. Yeah, which, like, now looking at this, Minkus sets them up. Like, they owe their whole relationship to him. Minkus screwed up, because we know that Minkus likes Topanga, and we know that previously, Minkus was very jealous of Corey when he thought that Topanga liked him. So what Minkus should have done is just pick some other girl to get Corey off the whole Topanga thing. But genius Minkus didn't even think of that. So now Corey's asking out Topanga right in front of him. Yeah, huge, huge screw up for Minkus. He's got no way to bounce back from this once Topanga hangs out with hilarious Corey. So he goes over and we learn that Mercury is in retrograde, which is a hilarious thing to hear back in a show from 1994 because for me, that wasn't a phrase that really resonated until like a year or two ago when it got really big on the internet. You know, Mercury is currently in retrograde right now. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I feel like it is like 80% of the year. Yeah, it happens like three or four times a year for about three weeks at a time. So that's uh, that's a pretty significant amount of time where Mercury is in retrograde. Yeah. Well, either way, that is funny that it is happening now. And was currently, and that's something that Topanga was tapped into, which is not very surprising. And Corey breaks out. He just happened to have a good astrology joke right in his back pocket. So he breaks that out and gets a little bit of a laugh. How did the astrologist cross the road, Jacqueline? How? In his Taurus. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a great one. I mean, you know, he's a kid. Sure. So yeah, so Corey is trying to ask Topanga out and really doesn't want it to be a date, just wants Sean to see that he's also going on a date to make him feel the way that Corey's feeling, a little betrayed, a little jealous, a little left out. And he suggests that they meet at, whose burger old is it? I didn't write it down. Bob Stupchek's. Remember earlier they're at like Bob Stupchek's Pizza World and now it's Bob Stupchek's Burger World. That's funny. So that yeah, he wants to meet at Burger World, but of course, Topanga's a vegetarian, so he then suggests to go to International House of Salads. I love IHOS. <laughs> yeah, I hear their sprout of the days can't miss. <laughs> yeah, it. Um, you know, Corey's being he's he's doing everything right here. He's so Topanga leaves, and of course says, "Cool, it's a date." And Corey's like, "It's not a date, uh, but it's too late." <laughs> 
It's already, plans are already in motion. And then when we get home, somehow Alan and Amy have found out about this date. Yeah, news travels fast. Oh, I think Amy says she overhears Corey canceling basketball with Sean. And I guess he tells Sean, I can't play basketball tonight. I have a date with Topanga. And Mm -hmm. Amy overhears and she's telling Alan about it. So I guess that does make sense. Yeah, she's she's got some news. Alan comes in and he's like, what? It's Corey. He's too old to steal candy and he's too young to wreck a car. Oh, no, it's a girl. Yeah. So I have to say I've been enjoying Alan's character this whole time. I think he has some pretty funny moments, but. I really am not a fan of him in this conversation. Like he is really against Corey going on this date while Amy's really excited about it. And the whole conversation trends like very sexist for my liking. You know, he, he calls women Satan. He says that dating will ruin Corey's life forever. And the only thing that got him through dating was knowing that when he was married, he'd be the one calling the shots And I know it was all like funny and lighthearted, but it was not cool. Yeah, it's a lot of like stupid cliches about gender that were maybe at the time a little funnier than they are now. But you're right. It he comes off just kind of seeming like a doofus and 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 not supportive or open minded or any of that stuff. I mean, it's one thing if you're not thrilled that your middle school age son is going on a date like that's fine. But. You don't need to tell your son that women are Satan and will ruin your life. I think that's pretty much setting him up to be a sociopath. So, you know. Right. This had nothing to do with his age. It had only to do with the fact that like women will ruin his life. Right. He was like, oh, this is the turning point. This is it for him. Like he's going to go off the deep end and blah, blah, blah. I was like, Alan, you're being very rude right now. Yeah. To be fair, though, like. A lot of Eric's storylines do revolve around girls and like his life has just kind of changed because that's all he cares about. So I kind of like, you know, I get what he's talking about. He just does it in a in a poor way. Sure, sure. So Corey comes down and it turns out that they find out pretty quickly here that Corey, he's got this date, but he's doing it just to keep up with Sean. And Amy says that she doesn't think that's very fair to Topanga. And that he should call and cancel the state because he's not in, in it for the right reasons. Yeah, so she kind of does a 180. She's like, she was really excited for him to go on his first date. But then when she finds out he's just doing it to like be even with Sean, she's not very thrilled. And yeah, she's basically just, she's very kind about it, but she's she disapproves. And Corey basically already knew that he didn't really want to do this and was doing it for the wrong reason. So he immediately is like, you're right, I'm going to cancel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he calls a cancel and has a hard time admitting that he's just not ready and he's doing it for the wrong reasons. And that's it's a hard thing to say to somebody. So he ends up just kind of going with the fact that he's sick and can't do it right now, uh, not expecting that to come back to really bite him. Yeah, he... uh I have the flu and then just hangs up the phone. But he wasn't counting on Topanga showing up with some herbal tea to make him feel better. Yeah, boncha tea, which is, uh, you know, some tea that smells like a bunch of gym socks. 
Yeah, I'm very curious about this because bancha tea is is just like a type of green tea, so I don't know why it would smell terrible, but it apparently is a very low grade tea. It's made like from the second or third harvest of the leaves and made from like the cheaper leaves, so it does actually from my research it has like a very distinguished smell and is kind of like an everyday tea in Japan, but it is like a very cheap low grade tea. So it's like just the plain olive oil instead of the extra virgin olive oil. Um, let's go with that. Sure. Well, because it's like they press the olives once and that's extra virgin olive oil. And then they press them the second time and it's virgin olive oil. So the quality degrades with every pressing. Gotcha. Yeah, that's pretty close. I was just trying to convert it from Japanese to Italian so that, <laughs> so that I could understand it a little better. Yeah, tea equals olive oil and <laughs> ramen equals spaghetti and sushi equals meatballs. Um, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to I'm not going to give that my stamp of approval, but I'll let it pass for now. Yeah. All right. All right. I got to I got to think on that a little. I was bit. off the cuff. You you brainstormed the conversion chart a little bit deeper. Sure. Sure. So, yes. Uh, Topanga is very, very sweet. She brings over a thermos of tea and more quickly than ever, Corey admits to the truth in an episode, not at the very end of the episode. Seriously. Yeah. He like does the right thing here and says, listen, you know, I'm not sick. I wasn't really ready. He doesn't try to come up with another excuse, which seems to be like what Corey would do normally. He says that he just like really wasn't ready to go out on a date. And he's, he's finally being honest with himself and with Topanga. Yeah, and like I think it shows that he does actually really like Topanga because he's he's not trying to like tease her, lead her on, make her feel stupid. He just levels with her and is like, I thought I was ready to do this, but I'm not. And in classic Topanga fashion, she is uh handles it all like a champ and she's very understanding. Yeah, she's great and she's like, Well, I get it. So like, I'll just, you know, take my tea and I guess I'll get ready to go. And Corey's like, yeah, I guess you should go and I'll stay here. Did it seem like to you that Topango was like just kind of coming up with an excuse to stay? Or do you think she was really interested in why there were socks everywhere? They have her sort of like hesitate at the door when she's about to leave, which I think we're supposed to think she was coming up with an excuse to stay. Yeah. So like where my mind went with that is like, She's a little bit more mature than Corey because as we know, girls mature a little faster than boys when it comes to this kind of stuff. So she might have just been saying like, okay, I know that Corey likes me, but he doesn't want to like have the pressure of a date. So maybe we can just like hang out. And she just sort of like starts conversation and then one thing leads to another and they're just hanging out casually and without the pressure of it being a date Corey's having a really good time i think she was being a little cunning yeah she asks why there's socks everywhere and Corey explains the very complicated logistics of sock basketball and laundry basketball so he's got to explain that meanwhile <laughs> topanga finds his ninja turtles underwear which is hilarious yeah, it is hilarious. She picks up these teeny little underwear. <laughs> so tiny. And she's like, uh, Ninja Turtles? <laughs> and he just like grabs them and throws them away. Nothing to see here. Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, I wish they made those for adults. 
Maybe they do. I should look into this. They they probably do. Yeah, so Corey is explaining how to play sock basketball, and he's doing his own color commentary. If you can live up to your own hype, you got it made. Watch this. Matthew sees an open lane. He drives hard to the boards. He leaps over Shaquille O'Neal, kisses it off the glass. It's good! He scores! I could never do that. He's like, don't worry about that. I'll do all the color. I'll say everything you need to. You just kind of act it out. And he says... Topingo's triple teamed at the timeline. She breaks the trap, heads to the top of the key, and leaps toward the basket, doing a spiraling tomahawk 360. Slam dunk! And then Topingo really just doesn't do anything and then walks over and places the socks into the basket, which is classic Topanga. Yeah, he did say slam dunk, and technically she did slam dunk it. Yeah, it was a, it was a ginger yeah it wasn't much of a slam just really a i can't even think of what a different word would be yeah it was more of a layup than a dunk but she's right i mean they each made a basket and it's each worth the same amount of points so then he's like all right all right i'm gonna play some defense and you try to get around me because this is a lot more fun if we're actually moving and Corey's playing defense and again she just kind of stands there and then finds an opening and just kind of tosses it over his head swishes it and Corey's impressed with her skills. They high five, and then the sparks are flying. Way to go, Topanga! <laughs> yeah, so this is such a memorable scene. It's really cute. Like, it's not cringy at all, which can sometimes happen with like preteen romance on TV, but it's really sweet and cute and very memorable like I definitely remember the scene and like the high five it's so funny because like they have already kissed and they've already like had all these flirtatious moments but for some reason this is like the beginning of Corey and Topanga this moment yeah it is this moment and you know Sean does the like giggling thing earlier when he touches Hillary's hand picking up the pencil and it's funny then but Corey's little like giggle, fake giggle, whatever it is here is really, really funny. It is funny. And then he like, as soon as he starts giggling, he's like, ooh, and covers his (laughs) mouth because he hears that he's doing it. So it's really good. And then like, they very quickly recover from the awkward high five giggle moment and just like start having a conversation about what they're getting their moms for Mother's Day. And they like are having a nice conversation and Topanga's laughing and they're going back and forth. And it's it's really cute. Yeah, this is a long scene. It is easily Topanga's most airtime in the whole season and and solidifies her as a character moving forward. Yeah. And I was thinking like, I was like, wow, nobody from the family is like here to witness this. But then it is later revealed that after the scene ends, I guess they continue hanging out and Eric comes home from work and finds Corey and Topanga on the couch together so that he can later heckle him. Yeah, out in the backyard, Sean's over and he had a little bit of a second date slump and he goes off on his thing about coolness running out and that he's a 13-year-old burnout because he's used up all of his coolness. He's done. Minkus has all of his left in his reserve, but he's got nothing left and And he's feeling, I guess, bad about his second date. Yeah, it didn't go well with Hillary on date number two, but we never find out exactly what happened. Uh, So not exactly sure. Maybe Sean just like was awkward or didn't really have anything interesting to say. I don't know. 
but he mentions he's 13, even though Corey just turned 12. That's true. That's a good point. I didn't realize that in the time I have 13-year-old burnout here. I wouldn't be surprised if Sean had to repeat like kindergarten or first grade. Sean is also a foot taller than Corey, so I guess it's possible <laughs> that he's a year older. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a good catch. So they're talking and yeah, you're like you said, Eric's like, oh, you and Topanga look pretty cozy on the couch. She brought the refreshments. You chose the activity. Talked about Mother's Day, some shared interests. You checked all the boxes. Corey is vehemently denying that this was actually a date, but Eric and Sean are giving him a hard time and they're saying like, it's definitely a date. And now it's sort of like Corey's in on the joke. Like they're, they're teasing him, but he's part of their conversation now. He's not just like the dumb kid who doesn't get what they're talking about. Exactly. Probably a little bit happy to have that attention. Yeah. This was nice to like bring it full circle from Sean and Eric, like excluding Corey to now they're like chucking him on the chin and welcoming to the club. The second date slump thing reminded me of Amici's in Baltimore and how that (laughs) (laughs) just the bane of my existence and how I've had like maybe five last dates at that restaurant. Guys, Josh used to have this very like uh, strict formula for dating when he was doing online dating and he would always do like the same dates with girls and just was like this is my first date this is my second date and literally every time he would bring a girl to this restaurant in Little Italy Amici's they <laughs> they would like dump him on the date it happened like four times yeah the last time I had been dating a girl for like four months like things were going really well and there's like no signs of of problems at all and then i was like i i refuse to go to this restaurant she's like wanted italian i was like i refuse to go to this restaurant she's like no it'll be funny we'll go like we'll break the curse nope broke up that day (laughs) (laughs) messed up literally as soon as they unfolded that casual italian menu they were like this guy has got to go Yep. So I will never be dining at Amici's. I mean, great food, great portions. Little Italy in Baltimore is pretty expensive. They've got good prices. It was a great date restaurant, but it's not for me. Everyone else should go support Amici's, just not Josh. He can't, he can't set foot in that place. Oh, man. <laughs> so I forgot oh. all about that. That's so great. <laughs> so great. Uh, okay. So we're back in school. And Topanga is wearing like some sort of like little house on the prairie dress. And Corey comes up to talk about their little date. I have to say, since you mentioned Topanga's attire, um, I have noticed in this show that the kids are like re-wearing clothes a lot, which is good and realistic. Like people wear clothes more than once. So naturally, this is not the first time Topanga has worn that horrible dress. But Sean's attire in this episode is (laughs) egregious, and I don't know who did the costumes for this episode, but they really phoned it in. They were just like, Sean looked like a total goon this entire episode. Yeah, a lot of like cut off, really baggy, ugly sweatshirts. Yeah, like really baggy, a lot of tie dye on top of plaid, a lot of just like, he just literally looked like someone took a 13-year-old's laundry basket, dumped it over his head, and like whatever landed on him, that's what he was wearing. It was so bad. 
Well, as soon as Sean hits his leather jacket days, that's pretty much the only thing he's going to wear for about four straight seasons. So I'll <laughs> welcome the uh, the eclectic colors for now. Sure, sure. Okay, so Topanga's in her weird little house on the prairie dress, and Corey walks up to her, and he's like, oh, I have to say thank you for the idea for my Mother's Day gift. I wrote my mom a poem, and she cried when she read it. She loved it so much. And uh, they have a cute little back and forth. And Topanga fixes Corey's collar, which is askew, the collar of his shirt. And as she walks away, he sort of like defiantly pops the collar back up. Like, I don't need no girl fixing my collar. But then like the touching music plays and he smiles and puts the collar back down. What a good moment. Oh, so tender. So yeah, we've got ourselves a blossoming little relationship here we know we're going to be hitting the summer break soon so it'll be interesting to see if this carries over if it was just kind of like a a one time like good to get the first date out of the way now i'm gonna like be a boy again and we get a little of that because when the post-credits scene sean and Corey are back together being buddies and they say you know we made it through our first dates we're still best friends we're going to be best friends through it all through second dates and weddings and marriages and graduations and we're going to face this all together Yeah, they're proud of themselves that they made it through their first date and they got their hormonal telegrams and they didn't let it tear them apart. BFFs for life. And then as soon as they're patting themselves on the back, their respective girls walk by. So Hillary walks by and says, hi, Sean. And Topanga walks by and goes, hi, Corey. And the boys are just like, see ya. And they both get up and like run after their their ladies. Yeah. They split, and uh, this has kind of been done in that same episode when Sean goes a little silly for Hillary. That that's kind of the end scene there when she walks up and introduces herself, and then he splits from Corey after they've like reconciled their friendship. So it kind of happens again here, but this one's funny because they both go their separate ways now. Yeah, so I guess whatever happened on that second date with Hillary really wasn't all that bad because Hillary still you know, wants to talk to Sean. So he couldn't have botched it too badly. Yeah, exactly. But maybe badly enough because, spoiler alert, she ain't coming back. <laughs> yeah, I don't, uh, we're not going to see much more of, of Hillary. R.I.P. R.I.P. indeed. And that does it for episode 21. There is one more episode left in this season. It is a big one. Corey's in it a lot. Feeney is just in the first scene of this one, I think. Just in the first scene when they're watching the um, hormonal telegram movie, and that was it. Yeah, no life lesson from Feeney in this one. Uh, I guess when it has to do with dating, they don't necessarily see him as the expert, but next episode, they will get a lot of Feeney. Parents were only in one scene, too. Alan and Amy, one scene. Yeah, the kids really figured it out on their own, mostly. Mm hmm. Good stuff. One left. We're excited to finish out this season. The bang. Get ready and enjoy Minkus as much as possible because he's going away too. And that's all I can think of. I just want to give everyone a little taste of what you have to look forward to in season two because we're going to take a little break after our after the final episode of season one. We've got you know it's summer break, so we've got Fourth of July, my wedding, Josh's bachelor party. And then we'll be back in uh, hopefully early September with season two. So I just want to remind everyone of all the amazing things we have to look forward to in season two. Um, 
We've got Corey and Topanga romance. We've got Harley Kiner, high school bully, along with his sidekicks, Frankie Stacchino and Joey the Rat. We're going to meet that whole crew in season two. Mm -hmm. We get introduced to Jonathan Turner in season two, and we'll see the first instance of Feeney following Corey and Sean to another school. Just when they think they've uh, they're out of his grasp, yeah. So a lot of really funny, memorable moments in this season. Yeah, season two is great. The boys are off to high school. They're going to be in the same school as Eric, so we'll get a lot more of them kind of interacting with each other and uh, all of the fun things that high school have to offer. So one more episode left in middle school. We'll see how they wrap that out, and uh, and then we'll be back, like Jacqueline said, in the fall. So. Hope you stay with us. And as always, if you've got questions or comments uh, or just want to go on and check out some more content, find us on Instagram at Feeny Podcast, like our photos, send us some love, and we look forward to hearing from you all. Yes, agreed. So take care, everyone, and we'll see you again soon. Bye. See you later, Terminator. <laughs>